Immaculate and Beautiful Heart, we consecrate this teaching to your Immaculate Heart and through you to the Sacred Heart of Jesus, our Beloved, in union with St. Joseph. And we ask thou that you bring the anointing of the Holy Spirit into this room, into each one of us, that I speak and allow the Holy Spirit to speak through me, and that each of our hearts can be open, docile to receive what our Blessed Mother, through the Holy Spirit, wants to bring to us. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Cover us with the precious blood of Jesus and protect us from any snares of the devil. Amen. 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 Okay. I just spent two days in Georgia before beginning our pilgrimage here in Mexico. And Daniel comes and tells me, you know, December 8th, when we're all day in the Artillo, you know, we should have some teachings or we should have something. And I said, well, I don't have any anything planned. The Lord hasn't moved me. But if the Lord gives me a teaching, then I'll give it. So this morning, I go to the church, and I read the first reading of today. And immediately, the Holy Spirit begins to inspire me with a teaching. So I'm giving you all the teaching that I was inspired with this morning. The teaching has to do with the three readings of the Mass of today. And the focus of the teaching, by the end of the teaching, when I saw it all finished, it's our identity. Right when I finished the teaching, I got up, and Father Jordy was open for confession, and nobody was in the room, so I went to confession. And I was amazed. When I finished confession, that Father gave me some words. Everything he spoke to me was about identity. (laughs) So it was the Lord confirming for me of what I needed to share the teaching with you. So let me begin. In the first reading today from the Feast of the Immaculate Conception, we read from Genesis chapter 3, verse 9 through 15 and 20. In part of that reading, I'm not going to read the whole thing. We all heard it already. But in part of that reading, Adam replies to God concerning his sin. And he says, The woman whom you put here with me, she gave me fruit from the tree, and so I ate it. Then the woman, Eve, says, The serpent tricked me into it, so I ate it. So let's ponder the hearts of Adam and Eve. What was wrong in the heart of Adam What do we see from his reaction? He blames Eve, but he goes further to blame God because he is the one who put her there with him. But when you hear the words of Adam and the words of Eve, what struck me the most today when I read them was the lack of love. When I read the sentence of the words of Adam, I was struck by his lack of love towards Eve. The woman whom you put here, 
It's like she's no longer... She's nothing on mine. <laughs> exactly. It's like he disowned her. I'm like, what is this? You know, what happened to Adam? He's there's, no, there's no love. Well, I mean, to me, that is what struck me the most. That's how the whole teaching for me began. I just kept reading the words of Adam and thinking, what's wrong with this man? What's in the heart of this man? So that's what I want to let's focus together on that through the path. In his disorder, in his sin, he goes into hiding. And that happens to all of us. If we dig deep into the heart of Adam, what do we see? His love was not yet perfected. He did not fully trust God. He wasn't abandoned to God. Therefore, he was unable to fully live his identity as son of God, spouse of Eve, protector of the garden, and protector of Eve. Because his love was not yet perfected through sacrifice, he disobeys God. Now, Saturday, the Mothers of the Cross had our monthly meeting, and I spoke to them quite a bit about the virtue of obedience. But we talk a lot about obedience and how Adam and Eve were disobedient. But we need to ponder in our community what the Lord has spoken to us about obedience. And when we ponder the path and what Jesus has said to us, about obedience, we get a clear understanding of why Adam was disobedient. And so I'm not, I'm going to read some of the things. This is number 66 in your path. If you have it with you, you can open. It's on page 193 of your book. The Lord said to us, the virtue of obedience is the fruit of a great interior transformation. Just that one sentence, in order for all of us to be obedient and live in the will of God, we have to be willing to go through a great interior transformation. He also tells us, obedience is the virtue that grows from humility and purity of heart. I thought it was so beautiful, the homily of Father Jordy today focused on purity and immaculateness. He tells us the Lord, in order to be obedient, it requires much abandonment of your will, and it requires for a soul to believe. He also says, obedience is the fruit of trust. Obedience is the fruit of love. And then the Lord says, that is why I, as compared to Adam, am perfectly obedient to the will of my Father. My every breath here on earth was in perfect harmony and obedience to the Father because I live in perfect union with the Father and Holy Spirit. And then he tells us to grow in obedience is to grow in a deep attentiveness to the movements and stirrings of the Holy Spirit. Somehow Adam lost that attentiveness. And so did Eve. That is why silence is so important and why we needed to begin this pilgrimage with silence. And then look how beautiful this is. In the end, the Lord tells us, perfect obedience to my will is your response of love. So what was the greatest disaster, just like in us, with Adam's disobedience? 
just like our disobedience to God. It is a lack of love to God. Every time we are disobedient to God, we do not love Him. And at the root of that is lack of trust. So there we see what was wrong deep in the heart of Adam and of Eve. God in time brings forth the new Adam in Jesus. And Jesus is perfectly obedient to the Father because he is love with the Father. Jesus knows who he is, where he has come from, where he is going, and the mission entrusted to him by the Father. He is meek because he is free to be who he is and live fully his identity. This week, one of the Gospels, I don't remember if it was yesterday's, which one, Sunday's Gospel, thank you, said that those of you that are burdened, Come to him and find rest. And it tells us he is meek and humble of heart. And I went and I started to research a little meekness. What is it to be meek? Most of us think of meekness as gentleness. But I read this one definition from Catholic Exchange that I thought was powerful. Listen to this definition of meekness. Meekness is to, to it says, to be meek is not to be a wimp. In English, you know what a wimp is? Okay. It is to be filled with the awesome power of the Holy Spirit and to not be defined by earthly power. It is to know who you are, where you are coming from, and where you are going. This is meekness, as Jesus did. It is to be at home in your own skin and not to be afflicted with the itching envy of somebody else's life. It is to be free enough inside that lowliness so that you are not defined by, by what you or anybody else owns or does or is. To be meek, in short, is to be free. And to be free is to find that the whole world is yours already, freely given by the Lord of heaven and earth. That's meekness. And the Lord is meek and humble of heart. He is free to be who he is and live fully his identity, Jesus Christ, because he's meek. But God doesn't just bring to the earth a new Adam. He also brings a new Eve in our Blessed Mother. It is this woman who gives birth to the new Adam, forms him in his identity, encourages and consoles him to persevere, and is one with him in his redemptive mission. There is no blame between these two hearts, the new Adam and the new Eve, but only perfect love, sacrificial victim love. The path, my family, brings us through the great interior transformation. That is what the path given to us by God is. It is the way that God is using to bring us through the profound interior transformation so that we can trust, surrender, and love God. And in this way, live in perfect obedience to his will. It is only through the work of the path which requires our consent and great dedication that we will become meek of heart, free to live our true, authentic identities. 
knowing where we've come from, where we're going, and who we are. The Lord many times when he has spoken to us has said this to me, know who you are. Know who you are. The mother of the cross, as one with Mary the new Eve, are called to give birth to the missionaries of the cross and all the men in our territory of souls. How? I want to take you to number 47 and 48 in our path, page 150 and 151. Our Lord said, Now look how closely the Lord speaks to this community in our identity as mothers of the cross, one with Mary, and who Mary is in the life of Jesus. The Lord says, You, my little ones, are the consolation of my suffering heart, because you each have united yourselves to Mary, the mother of God and the mother of all. He goes on to talk about that. I'm going to skip to the next paragraph. I need you, my faithful ones, to bring life to my missionaries of the cross. It is my hidden martyrs of love in perfect union with the queen of martyrs that will raise up my apostles of light. Know that I have taken my abode in each of your hearts. Therefore, radiate the humility and purity of my mother. This is very significant that we're having this teaching today on the Feast of the Immaculate Conception. The Lord goes on to encourage us. Do not grow weary in your hidden life of suffering all with me. For you are my holy remnant that God the Father will use to purify my church and pierce the darkness penetrating her. Therefore, go forth, my daughters, as my holy warriors with Mary to seize the dragon and cast him into hell. In number 48, goes a little deeper into our identity as mothers of the cross. The Lord says, It is through the hidden life of the mothers of the cross that my army of holy priests will be raised. These spiritual mothers will live the tears and sorrows of their hearts united as one with the mother of sorrows. Zilke and Lunch was telling me how she began this pilgrimage constantly in tears and the Lord confirming through the path the importance of her tears. Maria Hickens also consumed in tears. That is a grace of our Blessed Mother of the, in this pilgrimage, confirming our identity as mothers of the cross united to the tears of Mary as the mother of sorrows. It is through the sorrows of our feminine maternal hearts in Mary that will bring life to priest and to our missionaries of the cross. Now I want to focus on this sentence. The Lord goes on to say, Each mother of the cross must be perfected in living her hidden, ordinary life with all its trials, sorrows, exhaustion. And here's the key word. And this is for the missionaries too. With pure love. Now this is very significant with what Father Jordy said in his homily. In this community, there's confession and accompaniment. The transformation to have a meek heart and be free to live our identities in Christ comes through our openness to receive the grace of the Holy Spirit through confession and accompaniment. 
It is the willingness to live when we mess up that we can see it like just like Adam, his response to God, the way he reacted revealed a darkness in his heart. The path that the Lord has given us shows us that like Adam and Eve, when we react out of love in any suffering, in any trial, we need to bring that to confession but also to accompaniment in order to enter the root system of that darkness, that hidden pride inside of us, that's in all of us. That work dedicated to in the path brings forth a meek heart. At the end, in the last paragraph, the Lord says something very important about the identity of a mother of the cross. Your lives as my victims of love will go unnoticed by the world. One of the greatest purification of a mother of the cross is to enter and accept her identity as a hidden soul. To begin to live in the freedom of knowing who we are in the gaze of the Father and being okay and actually happy being unnoticed by the world, including our closest family. That is very important. That is part of our identity of who we are. That is part of the power of the intercession of a mother of the cross and her ability to bring new life to the men, to the new Adams. If the missionaries of the cross do not become meek, that is firm in their identities in Christ as the bridegroom, they will not be able to protect us just like Adam was not able to protect Eve, they will not be able to protect this mission, just as Adam did not protect the garden. And they will not be obedient to the will of the Father for the mission given from heaven to this community. There, the missionaries of the cross, deep interior process of transformation is very contingent on the mothers of the cross obedience, rooted in trust, surrender, and love, to suffer all through Christ, with Christ, in Christ, as one with Mary in pure love. The missionaries of the cross, men, need the woman, Mary, and us as one with Mary, through the hidden life of the woman, to help bring them into the deep transformation of their hearts. Adam needed Eve to take him to the root of his disorder just as much as she needed Adam. Adam also. In number 44 in our path, page 146, the last line of that message says this, through the restoration of motherhood, I will strengthen the domestic church, aid in the healing of fatherhood, and bring restoration to my universal church. Know who you are. Let's meditate now the second reading of today. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 1. I'm going to just focus on one line from <coughs> Ephesians that I want to go a little deep into. St. Paul says, In him we were all chosen, destined in accord with the purpose of the one, 
who accomplishes all things according to the intention of his will, so that we might exist for the praise of his glory, we who first hoped in Christ. What the Holy Spirit struck me with this morning, we were chosen, destined, with the purpose of the one. That means our mission, our purpose in life is the same purpose as the one, Jesus Christ. It isn't a separate mission. It isn't a separate purpose. It is united. This is how the mission of Jesus Christ on earth continues in us. Our purpose in life is one with Jesus. Therefore, our purpose, the mission of love crucified, is one with Christ. Our identities as missionaries of the cross and mothers of the cross is to become love through the path given to us by God. Our identity is in the identity of Christ and Mary as victims of love. We exist to praise and glorify the Father as we live our identities as victims of love, suffering all with Christ solely for love. That is our purpose. God has given this little community and many in the world to be united specifically to his victimhood and to live his victimhood here on earth as one with him, bringing forth the graces of redemption. So our, our identity is Christ as victim. And I end going to the gospel of Luke chapter 1. The angel speaks to Mary. Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. What the Holy Spirit convicted me this morning when I read that is these words from the angel are to each and every mother of the cross. How many times has the Lord said to the mothers of the cross, I have found favor with you. The Lord through the years so many times has come to the mothers of the cross and said, you are my delight, one with Mary. So this is today the Spirit is telling us, this is the angel speaking to us, do not be afraid, Sheila. Do not be afraid, Miriam. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. For you have found favor with God. Behold, you will conceive in your wombs. Each of us, every mother of the cross is going to conceive spiritually through the power of the Holy Spirit in our womb and we are going to bear sons and you shall name him Jesus because we are called to bear Jesus Christ in the priest persona Christi we are called to bring to life Father Ron, Father Jordi, Edgar, Daniel, Juanmi, all the men no longer them but Jesus Christ that is our identity, our purpose. That is the purpose of our femininity, our maternity. The Holy Spirit says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. The Holy Spirit will come upon our spiritual motherhood. It is the power, the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And he will bring forth a holy priesthood. Maria's song, Sacerdote del Futuro, this whole talk of what I'm telling you is contained in that one song. And the angel goes on to say, and behold, Elizabeth has also conceived a son. 
You see, it's not just Mary in her old age, and this is the sixth month for her. And she conceives a holy man, John the Baptist. And then he goes, because who was called barren? For nothing will be impossible for God. And Father Jordi in his homily said to us today, what is purity? I thought it was so powerful. What Father Jordi said, what purity is. He said, purity is to believe the impossible from God. How can we, ordinary Anna Wins, imperfect women, bring to life Jesus Christ in all these men? It is impossible. But nothing is impossible with God. And we must have that faith, that hope, and persevere. And then Mary says, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. Number 139 and 140 in our past, page 349 and 350, talk about the fiat. 349, I'm sorry, 139, sorry, and 140. 349. This is the section in the path of spiritual motherhood. And I would say it's an important passage maybe for you, this section of the path to read, maybe tonight, because it speaks about the new Adams and new Eves. And the first Mass in the Immaculate Conception begins with the Adam and Eve. And the path brings us to transform us into the new Adams and the new Eves, the holy women and the holy men of God. And so, in 139, look at how the Lord has said it. As mothers of the cross, pray for my beloved priest as you pray for your sons. Give your lives for them as you give your lives for your children. Your voices are united as one with my mother before the throne of God. Your lives united in Mary are bringing down graces upon my priest. Then he goes to say, The mothers of the cross unite their fiat to my mother of the cross as victim intercessors. And he goes on to tell us the union of our fiat. The life of a mother of the cross is to bring life in Mary to men that can be Jesus Christ, priest, the bridegroom. Mary forms Jesus as the perfect victim. She, as a woman, unites as the spouse, the church, to him. This is the charism. This is the spirituality. This is the mission and purpose of love crucified in each of us here. We as women give life to these holy men. And they live their victimhood in Christ the bridegroom to perfection, bringing us to heaven. We give birth to them, and then they carry us up to heaven. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that beautiful? But they need help as men in our, we need to help form them as victims. They need to learn what it is to live as a victim man, as a victim priest in their daily, ordinary, hidden life. And they need the help of the woman as one with Mary to be able to do that. And this is why, as mothers of the cross, this deep transformation in the cross must take place because a mother of the cross cannot become a spiritual mother of priest if she hasn't gone through this deep healing and transformation as a new Eve, 
Because what Satan will do through the woman is destroy the man and bring him down. And that is why I am extremely careful when we begin to, to, to have spiritual sons. If you are not there yet, you cannot enter that work. And that's why our dedication to the path in this community and living this and doing that deep transformation has to be so important to us. The mission is great. The graces, the life that can come is great. But also Satan is present. And Satan will try through our lack of transformation to bring a lot of disorder. And we have to be careful. So we have to be a committed community to this transformation, or else this is not the community for you. So on your own, I encourage you to read number 137, number 138. Especially for the men and all of us, read section 7D. It's called, Priests Need to Receive the Gift of Spiritual Motherhood, page 355. Jesus is God, and he humbles himself and becomes man. And he receives his formation from the Father, of course, and the Holy Spirit, and from a simple and holy woman, Mary, his mother. He receives from her. Therefore, in this community, it is important to receive the charism and the mission from me, I, who am I? Uh, the identity given to me by, by God that I have to take responsibility for is I'm the, a spirit, the spiritual mother of this community. That is my responsibility. That is my identity. If I fail in the motherhood of giving the pure milk of what's been asked of me to you, I fail God and what he's given me. But you as a community, as mothers and missionaries of the cross, have the responsibility to, to be receive from me the charism. And if you're not called to receive that, then you have, if you're an aspirant, that's one of the things you have to, to discern of whether you're called to be in this community. And I've had to grow for many years to be able to sit in front of you and, and say this, because I think for a, a long time, part of my lack of meekness was not being fully who I am in Christ and hiding because of my own sin, who my identity that God has given me. And the men many times do not want to receive a certain formation from simple, ordinary moms that we are. It, it, it's, and to the point that they can have the humility to receive from us will be their ability to become Christ crucified. And that's really important because what I have seen as I have observed many people that come in the community, that stay in the community, that leave the community, what I see constantly is only the pure of heart really receive the path. Only the pure of heart and humble of heart I see enter and find the treasure in the path. Appreciate it. Give thanks to God and are transformed in the path. 
Pride and arrogance will always be an obstacle for you to be able to fully receive this path. It will always be a wall that you're not able to fully take it in. So to the extent that you grow in true humility and purity of heart will be the extent of what you can receive that God is giving you through this path. It's interesting also that Father Jordi shared with us in his homily of how Father Felix receives his identity, his new identity in Christ through Conchita, a woman. But God prepares the heart of that holy priest to have the docility, purity, and humility of heart to receive from her. And when he does, he becomes fully Jesus crucified, also a saint. I mean, his process is also there. And also Bishop Martinez and all of those. And it is, you know, the same in our community with our, the, the dynamics that has to be between the mother and the missionaries of the cross. So I hope that with this teaching on identity, it's given um, a clear, it's spoken to your heart about each of your identities in this community to help in your own discernment, especially those that are um, still discerning and those that are already mothers and missionaries of the cross to solidify and grow in meekness, the freedom to live who we are in Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen.